0: Good morning again. It is Tuesday, the 31st of May, 2022. Um, many of you commenting um, about what tomorrow portends as the first day of June. Um, yeah, we'll get to the first day of June tomorrow. Yeah, I don't I don't need to breathlessly anticipate all that the world will be celebrating um, in the month of June that you and I may uh, have concerns about. Um, let's concern ourselves today with the Word of God. So where in the word are you today? Where in the word are you today? Have you you recently considered that there have been periods of history and certainly are places in the world today where the Bible is a banned book? In 1199, this is the history portion of today's lesson. In 1199, Innocent III, he was the Pope at the time, writing in a letter to the Bishop of Metz, Banned the reading of the Bible in private meetings because he didn't think that lay people were, you know, worthy of reading the Bible on their own, right? So 1199 is the first noted banning of the reading of the Bible. Um, it was picked up on later um, in an edict by Charles IV. Uh, he was the Holy Roman Emperor. He issued an edict against German interpretations of scripture he did it at the request of Pope Urban V in 1369 so in this order um not only could only you know only a priest could read it but you could only read it in certain languages not in German because that was not good enough so German bibles were banned or the bible being translated into German was banned um and then Uh, in 1376, Pope Gregory XI ordered that all literature, not just the Bible, but literature on the Bible, was going to be placed under ecclesiastical direction because, you know, lay people and people getting the Bible in their own language, well, that couldn't be tolerated, which, of course, you know the story of John Wycliffe, um, who finished the first authoritative translation of the Bible from Latin to English in 1383. Uh, he, was, he was rejected. His teaching was rejected. Oxford University rejected um, his version of the Bible. Why? Why? Because uh, they feared the response because it was banned. You weren't allowed to be reading that. There was an official Bible and this wasn't it. So uh, I appreciate this was the official Position. This is the Third Council of Oxford, which ended in 1408. Listen to this. This is in the Oxford Constitution of the time. No one in the future, no one in the future will translate any text of Scripture into English or into any other text, Um, on and on and on. Not, Not Scripture, not tract, not such a book, not Scripture or tract should be read, whether in this time or in the time to come, like in the future, in whole, in public or hidden in secret. And this, under the punishment of the greater excommunication. I mean, on and on and on. Like, right? They did not think that we ought to be reading the Bible on our own. It was banned. So I ask you again, where in the Word are you today? And are you reading it in a language common to you? Are you reading it in English, if English is your um, heart language? Are you reading it in Spanish, if Spanish is your heart language? On and on and on. I ask you again, where in the Word are you today? I am so thankful to live in a day and a time and a nation where I am free to access and read and proclaim the Word of God in a broadcast ministry, to freely ask you, where in the Word are you today, and then to provoke the conversation. Let's get ourselves into the Word of God, that the Word of God might get into us so that when the world squeezes us or people want to know where we find our hope and our joy, how we're content in the midst of all circumstances, how we're possessed of a peace That passes all human understanding, we can say, well, let me share the Bible with you. That's how I have come to know Christ. And in coming to know Christ, I have come to know God. And God um, is the one you want to know. Where in the word are you today? Let's be celebrating and elevating the word of God in our discourse of the day. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen Laverge, and this is Faith Radio. That's
1: the book for me that's the book. I have a book. that teaches me everything that I know in this book. La la
0: la la lasagna. You want the summer lasagna Magnifico, me being go or a baby's spaghetti. So we're gonna just spend a few minutes here together, you and me. Thank you. Um for this time, your time. Thank you for raising concerns on the text line. I appreciate that. Thank you for those of you who have chimed in, sharing where in the word you are today. Randy and Jeannie say uh, we're in Proverbs 31. Um, Scott says I'm in the book of Jude. Anne says I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, um, on and on and on. So thank you so much. You can always text me during the show, 877-933-2484. The conversations um, about death, which no matter who you're talking with today, no matter where you are, no matter where you're going to be um, online, in person, over technology, over the phone, over text, TikTok, doesn't matter where you are, conversations about death are out there because the funeral services have begun for the 19 children and the two teachers and then the teacher's husband who died of a broken heart in the aftermath of the shooting in Uvalde, Texas. A week ago today, the vast majority of those services are going to take place at the Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Uvalde. Several services will also take place at the First Baptist Church. Many of those services are going to take place um, at at the two funeral homes in the community. Um, They will be led by pastors in the community, but their churches are too small to accommodate the number of people. The physical the physical buildings are too small to accommodate the number of people they expect to attend. It is notable, the churches that are of a physical size, uh, but apparently, um, you know, don't have any families um, directly affected because they're not going to be uh, hosting any funerals. Like, it's notable, right? Um, Conversations about death provoke what? I think conversations about death provoke conversations about life. I think conversations about death provoke conversations about heaven. Conversations about death provoke conversations about life here and now, life forever, life hereafter, how you get there, what life is for, to whom life belongs. Conversations about death provoke conversations about God and what he's really like and why he didn't act to protect innocent life and why he would allow such unspeakable things to happen to children. So what then are we to say about these things? How are we as Christians going to engage in the conversations of the day about death and life and heaven and Jesus and evil and God's constraint of his own power with respect for the freedom that he has given to us as real people with a real will? This I know. God will be God. No matter what. So, who is God? What is he really like? What can we expect of him? How do we get to know him? Who is he? How does he behave? What are his attributes? How do we call upon him? What should we expect? The conversation about knowing God is a critical conversation today. And there's a time and a place for everything, and maybe today is not the time, um, and maybe wherever you're going to be in conversations with people grieving is not the place. But for you and I, being sure that we know the God who is, and that we have come to know him as fully as we can um, by the power of his Holy Spirit, by the revealed Word in the Scriptures of the Old and New Testaments, through Jesus, who came to exegete the Father and make Him known. We need to know God well in order that we can introduce people searching for answers to questions today by leading them to Him. We'll continue this conversation in just a moment. We're going to talk about the attributes of God. We're going to talk about the names of God, the ways of God, the works of God, the Word of God, and then how we respond to the God who is. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio.
1: Do you know
0: God? How do you know God? What do you know of God, and how do you know it? Through whom, by what power? Do you know him better and better every day? I mean, someday we're going to know God fully, even as we are already fully known. So let's consider that for just a moment. Um, I'm, I'm Carmen LaBurge, You're listening to Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. Welcome to this conversation about life and death and life eternal and God. So when you think about God and when you consider the God who is, do you recognize that God is holy And what does that mean? God is love. God is truth. God is Father. God is Son. God is Holy Spirit. God is in perfect unity in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one in this beautiful diversity of the three. That's a lot to consider and think about. But how do we know that that is the nature and the attributes of the God who is? Well, we know it because God is revealed. God has chosen to make himself known to us. There's enough evidence in creation itself, Paul says, that, you know, to deny the existence of God is just ridiculous, right? That there's a general revelation of God in creation, but there's a specific revelation of God in the Scriptures of the Old and New Testaments, and then ultimately in the person of Jesus who comes to exegete the Father, to make him known. That's what Jesus says about himself. You know, I have come that the Father would be known. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father, John fourteen nine. Jesus exegetes the Father and makes him known. God is the God who is alive. God is a God of spirit. He's active. He communicates. He's revelatory. He reveals himself. He's knowable. Well, if God is knowable, don't you want to know him? He's made himself known. God is personal and intimate and yet infinite and eternal. God is unchanging. There's these omni words, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. So God is all-powerful, all-seeing or all-knowing and ever-present, omnipresent, present everywhere at all times and eternally. Um, How do I know all of that? Because that's what God reveals about himself in Scripture, his attributes and his nature, his ways. We also know God through a series of names revealed in Scripture, and that is a wonderful study to do. If you've never studied the names of God revealed in Scripture, maybe I could encourage you to do that. You might come to um, know God not only by name, but by his names. Um, That might be a a fun way to engage in the conversation about getting to know God better. Do you you know, like, what, what do people call you? Like, right, not just your first name, your formal name, but maybe you have other names and, uh, and things that people call you because of their experience of you. Do you call God Elohim? That's the way that the Bible inter, inter, introduces God at the very beginning. El meaning God. It's connected to God's power and might and glory and authority. And Ohim, which speaks of the plurality of God right? Giving us the first picture of the Trinity, Elohim. It's also connected to God's mighty acts. Maybe you call God by the name Jehovah, right? This is God in relationship and covenant. It's the way God introduces himself in in the garden as Jehovah, the Lord God. Do you relate to God as the Lord God, the creator God, the Lord God? Do you relate to God as Jehovah El Shaddai, almighty God? That's how God revealed himself to Abraham in Genesis 17. Or maybe you relate to God as Adonai, Lord, Master. That's the way God is uh, referred to um, when he talks about what happens at Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 18. Adonai, Lord, Master. Maybe you relate to God as Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. That comes from Genesis 22 or Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is my healer. Good look there at Exodus 15. I mean, on and on and on. The names of God is a wonderful, wonderful study to do. Maybe the one uh, you need to use today in prayer is Jehovah Nisi, which comes from Exodus 17, which talks about God being our banner or our covering, our protector, the victory. Maybe you want to relate to, need to relate to, need to pray to Jehovah Shalom today. The Lord is my peace. Do you need some peace today? Do you know some people who need some peace? Maybe introduce them to Jehovah Shalom in Judges 6. On and on and on. You can relate to the Lord as your righteousness, your shepherd, the God who is there. There are actually hundreds of names of God, titles, attributes of God in the Scripture. Um, and so let me encourage you to call out to the God who is by name and certainly access him through the name that God has recognized as the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of who? To the glory of God the Father. Consider God's ways today and the things that you know about God and the way that he has related to humanity and the redemptive arc over all of human history. What are God's ways? That's going to help us understand um, why God constrains his power in relationship to human depravity and sin, because God is not a respecter of persons in terms of the color of our skin or the, uh, the, the, the place that we're conceived or the place we live, but God is concerned with persons as image bearers And as people who are free, we're not robots. We're people. Consider today God's works. And consider his word. And then consider how you respond to all of that. How do you respond to the God who is, who has revealed himself to us, not only in creation which is magnificent and marvelous and groans with eager longing for man's redemption, but how God has revealed himself specifically in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments and through the person of Jesus Christ, who exegetes the Father. If you want to know God, get to know Jesus. If you want to get to know Jesus, get into the Word of God. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are designed to help you know Jesus. And Jesus came to help you know God how do you respond to all of that? Is this knowledge too wonderful for us? Well, yes, at some level, but we also respond by acknowledging God and knowledge of God by the inspiration and power of the Holy Spirit leads to an acknowledgement of God. Do you just have a knowledge of God or do you acknowledge him as God? There's a huge difference. I want you to consider the gap between knowing about God or knowing what the Bible says about God and actually acknowledging God as God, as Lord, as Savior, as Messiah, as King. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen Laburge, and this is Faith Radio. We recognize the responsibility to transmit the faith generation to generation, and yet we also recognize that statistically in the United States of America in particular, um, but also our neighbors to the north in Canada, and certainly our neighbors in Western Europe, like, we've failed miserably to transmit the faith once delivered to the saints generation to generation. We have, like, failed the duty of parenting in terms of discipleship. We know we need some help. Um, we know that we need some resources. We also recognize that um, Sunday school does not meet the need. It's 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 too little time, too infrequent. Um, it's not consistent over the course of a child's lifetime. It's not designed really to answer their real questions. And it, it's you know it suggests that it's the church's job to do what is really our job as Christian parents. So. Our children are being formed by something. They're being catechized by something. Their peers, online influencers, um, educational system, media. But research remains clear. Parents actually hold the most significant influence in a child's development. And so how, how do we pass on lasting faith to our kids? We're going to talk about, talk about Talk About is designed to form lasting faith, one conversation at a time. It is a new digital resource developed by Awana, and Matt Markins from Awana joins us next. Matt Markins is the president and CEO of Awana. He's here today to talk about, talk about, talk about, talk about. That's good. That's good. Hey, Matt, welcome back.
1: It's so good to be with you.
0: All right. So um, YouTube TV is 65 bucks a month. Sling 35, Hulu Plus 70, DirecTV 70, uh, Netflix 10, Disney Plus 8 bucks a month, uh, HBO Max 10 bucks a month, Amazon Prime Video 9 bucks a month. Make uh, make the case for talk about at less than $6 a month.
1: Well, I think my question to parents and grandparents would be, what is your vision for your kids, right? When you look way into the future, the, about the farthest into the future I can look is Revelation chapter 7. What do we see there? Uh, John gives us the permission to look to our left and our right because he is, because he says every tribe and language was around the throne praising and worshiping God. And so when we look well into the future, that's what we see is, every, you know, Christ, Christ, Jesus Christ's family, those who he called into salvation are there. And so I want my kids to be there. Right. And so mm. as I think about how am I going to get them there, I want to reach them with the gospel and I want to disciple them, but that's a big, perhaps like a, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? That, that That's a big vision and challenge to undertake. And so we want to give parents, uh, one conversation at a time to help them disciple their kids. And that's, uh, Talk about is a resource that's five ninety nine a month, so yeah, it's pretty pretty affordable.
0: Yeah, and it's a new digital weekly resource for parents or others who um, want to, you know, like have doable discipleship. Like this is yes. discipleship that's designed to be doable. It's digital. Um, talk about um, the role and responsibility of parents and or grandparents in terms of child discipleship. Um I mean, isn't that, I mean, Matt, isn't that the church's job?
1: It is. It is. The, when you say the church, it is the church's job. And by the church, we mean the church and the family, God's church, which is a group of families coming together. So we have this, there's kind of an argument between the church, the local church and the family, like who's responsible. The reality is we both are the local church and the family working together to disciple kids. But as parents, that word discipleship, if, you, if you've been at a local church for a couple of years, you've probably heard that term a few times. If you've been at the church your whole life, you've heard the term a lot, and it can be a little uh, you know, daunting to think about, how do I disciple my kids? But uh, when we look at the scriptures, when we look at research, we, we break it down into the irreducible minimum of conversation. If we can talk to our kids, talk to them about God's word, talk to them about our failures, talk to them about... Soccer and travel sports and all the things that kids are into through conversation, our faith can can move from a second language to a first language with our children. That's really what our kids need is us to have conversation and dialogue with them.
0: So we're talking with Matt Markins. We're talking about talk about. It is a home discipleship resource from Awana. Um, when you uh, when you think about. Conversation as sort of the secret to discipleship i that feels like that's derived from deuteronomy six, so do you yes. want to talk with us about what the Bible says about family discipleship and our responsibility generation to generation?
1: yeah, so there's this epic passage in the scripture called Deuteronomy six. Uh, where Moses comes down from the mountain and delivers the Ten Commandments. Uh, Even if you're not a Christ follower, you're probably somewhat familiar with the Ten Commandments. And after Moses delivers this, here's here's how to live. Here's the Ten Commandments that God's giving us and how to live. Then he says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And these words that I just gave you, they're to be upon your hearts. And then he says, talk about them when you sit at home when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up and so he he's instructing the children of Israel and the future church he's instructing us to talk about god's god's word talk about uh, our faith journey talk about our discipleship journey with kids as we live life together. And those that's such a basic thing to do. But how many of us have our faces, you know, buried in our screens and we're doing other things? Which is why I go back to that Revelation seven vision. If parents can grasp a vision of what is my vision for my child's future, and I hope it would be that they would love, know, and serve Jesus for a lifetime. So let's let's live a life every day of taking steps towards being a disciple-making parent.
0: So if you uh, know you need some help being a disciple-making parent, you understand that, you know, the, the cultivation of the faith, the catechizing of your own kid um, or kids is your responsibility as a parent or grandparent, let me encourage you to check out what Awana is doing. Awana, A-W-A-N-A, for those of you not familiar with it, awana.org, and we're talking about a new digital resource called Talk About. So we're talking about Talk About. Um, one of the things that that talk about lifts up is God's big story. I do think there are a lot of people who have wondered, like, what's the whole Bible about? Like, they might know, um, uh, you know, they might know David and Goliath. They might know Noah and the ark. They might know Daniel and the lion's den because we have tended over time to teach kids and in kids ministry very specific um Stories and and the stories of very specific individuals, but maybe we have not done as good a job equipping children and then parents to understand that the Bible is really one story. That there is a big story yep. going on here. So, talk about God's big story as a part of Awana's talk about.
1: Well, the Bible is the story of reality. So, if you're if you're searching as a as a young parent or even a grandparent, if you're if you're still trying to figure out like what is life all about. Uh, The Bible is that story of reality. And and I think we can break it down into four words, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. And when we think about these four words, we see this story echoed in a lot of the famous works of literature or movies even of today. So think about that. Creation, this deals with origin. Like where did all of this come from? Where did the cosmos come from? Where did the earth come from? Where do humans come from? That's creation. We had a designer. You know, today's kids are being told that you came about as a result of Darwinian processes over the course of billions of years, we'd call that naturalism, right? That's what today's kids are being told. So the natural conclusion of naturalism is you you basically have to make up your own meaning, right? So, but creation says that, no, no, no. You had a designer, every child, every parent had a designer who created them and loved them. So that's that first word creation. The second one is the fall. Like everyone knows there's a problem. Like even children know, like, something's wrong with the world, you know, someone stole my lunch, something's wrong, right? So that, where does that come from? The Bible answers that question. It tells us about sin and death and rebellion and where, where this comes from. And that third word, redemption, everyone wants a superhero. We love Marvel movies. We love, uh, we love Mr. Darcy in uh, Pride and Prejudice. You know, everyone wants a hero. Well, there is a hero and the Bible tells us that that hero is God who came in the form of a human in jesus and there's that fourth word restoration you know we all like to restore houses we like to get our bodies better and back back in shape uh restoration is jesus bringing the holy spirit bringing about the fruits of the spirit and his his good works into this earth temporarily until one day he's going to restore all of us together so so creation fall redemption restoration the bible Brings that all together in one story. It's the story of God's interaction with humanity, and Jesus is kind of the climax of that story. And then the church is God's entity to uh, continue to grow uh, his kingdom here on this earth.
0: We're talking with Mount Markins from Awana. We're talking about Talk About, it is uh, a digital resource, it's new. Um, it would come, you know, bundled every Thursday for you, um, and you would have a through-the-week sheet in addition to opportunities um, of engagement for different members of your family, depending on their age and stage, Scripture passages every week, and an opportunity for um, us to talk with our kids. So I think this is designed to equip parents and grandparents to... Um, to you know, to talk about the things of the faith and specifically passages of the Bible with our kids. So we're not talking here necessarily about a replacement for what they might be learning at Sunday school, um, but as something that you can walk alongside um, one another with. So we're going to continue our conversation with Matt Markham's in just a moment. Hey, we're continuing our conversation with Matt Markins from Awana. Um, we're talking about Talk About, which is a new resource um, from Awana. Um, I'm interested, Matt, your observations. You know, we can't teach what we don't know, and part of what I would observe is we have a generation of parents. When they come to Christ, they don't know what they don't know. They didn't go to Sunday school, um, or if they did, they went to Sunday school in a church that did not exalt the Bible necessarily as the Word of God. Um, Some things that they do know, they don't know accurately. So is part of the thought process here, we're going to teach parents even as we're teaching the next generation?
1: absolutely and, and we're we're trying to teach them a couple of things we're trying to teach them s- certainly to i think to what you're alluding to you know an, an empty well cannot produce water to fill a, a cup right so as it relates to the bible and the faith you know a parent who's not is not participating as a disciple who's not trying to grow as a christ follower it's hard it's going to be difficult for that parent to lead a disciple of their own child so, we want to give them through talk about just like the local church would be doing, we want to partner with the local church to give that parent uh, a connection with God. Uh, we equip them with a two minute video every week to inspire them on what what Bible passage we're talking about that week and why it's important and how it connects to today's culture. That kids are living in. So we're trying to disciple that parent week by week with a little bit of engagement with the Bible. So we are trying to put a little bit of water in that well so they have something to pull from as they disciple their kids. But the second thing that we're doing um, is we're not only trying to teach them how to engage the Bible and share uh, about the Bible and their faith, we're also trying to teach them how to have a relationship. I mean, it's so Without a relationship pipeline from my heart to my child's heart, it's difficult. Even if I did want to disciple my kids, if I don't have a connection with them, what what conduit do I have for this interaction to flow through? And so the, the idea of talking, talking is a key performance indicator that relationship is happening. So we want to see parents. I think Jesus wants to see parents connecting with their kids about a lot of things what's happening in their lives, what's happening at school and other things. Um, And through conversation, we can help those parents build up the confidence to talk about a variety of things, including the most important thing, which is faith in Jesus.
0: So when I think about um, the book, Resilient and Resilient Disciples, I'm still on the same track with you, right? Yeah, Okay. absolutely. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about, let's remind people about that. And then let's also invite people to consider participating in the Child Discipleship Forum um, towards the end of September, they are going to. You can either uh, attend in person um, or online. And I really want because I think today is the last day for people who want to sign up and get the um, the like of early registration discount. But literally everybody that's on here to speak: John Mark Comer, Rebecca McLaughlin, uh, Derwin Gray, Andy Crouch, uh, David Kenneman, Catherine Huang Jen. Uh, Matt Markins, who's on with us today. Trillian Newbell, Carl Truman, Sam Albury. You go down this list. um, Andrew Peterson, every single one of these people's already been on the show here on Mornings with Carmen. So this is like tracking right with what we're trying to encourage people who are listening to do in relationship yeah. to the transmission of the gospel generation to generation. So let's invite them to Child Discipleship Forum 2022.
1: Well, if you're listening right now, whether you're, whether you're a parent or a grandparent or, or you're a volunteer at your church or maybe you're a pastor, like this conversation is for you. The Child Discipleship Forum is the place for the church to gather together to talk about, as you said in the beginning, how is the culture forming our kids and what is it the church and the home can do together to cultivate lasting faith in children? We, we've been asking in the church for several decades now you know what can we do to grow our church and i think that's the wrong question i think the question we should be asking is what do we need to need to do to cultivate lasting faith in jesus like so as we think about our kids the answer, if your children's ministry is built on how can we get more children to our church i think in our highly secularized post christian culture that's the wrong question it's a good question but it's not the best question the best question is how can we cultivate lasting faith in our children in a culture that's runs very counter to Jesus, the Bible, and the gospel. So the Child Discipleship Forum is having that conversation, which is why we're bringing in those experts. So if you Google Child Discipleship Forum, you're gonna have no trouble uh, finding uh, this gathering.
0: Yeah, it's so great. Um, Thank you, Matt, as always, for joining us, for, um, for doing what you do. Remind us about what you learned in the research that Awana did with Barna. Like, what are some things we need to know about children and child discipleship today?
1: Yeah, if you Google children's ministry in a new reality, or if you just Google the, you know, Barna and Awana together, you're going to find this new study. By the way, it just released last week. And I think what we found is, is the, it's completely in line with everything we've been saying, and it's very in line with talk about. Uh, probably the biggest research finding is we found that there are 40% of our children in the United States at their church have a loving, caring adult who knows them and cares about them in addition to their parent at home, which means 60% do not. But of the 40% who do, there's no comparison. You look at every other data point, like that child has trust Christ as savior, or they engage God's word on a weekly basis, or they feel like they're a part of the church. And so the the key finding in the study is if you want to transform your church community, Cultivate a community where loving, trained, and approved, caring, loving adults are engaging with children, and you're going to be far more likely to produce a resilient disciple into their young adulthood years. We hear about the people leaving the church after high school, students are. If we want to reverse the tide on that, we need more adults Engaging with children in our children's ministry, that's going to produce a more resilient faith because they're embedded in a community that cares about them, knows them, and is helping them love and follow Jesus.
0: But Matt, I'm going to have to have a background check to work with children in the church. But Matt, that's inconvenient. But Matt. (laughs)
1: You know, nothing, if you want, if you want uh, good results, you got to work hard. Every one of us is working on something right now We're, you know, we're, we're saving money for college or we're, we're, we're trying to lose 25 pounds and to get the results we're looking for, it takes hard work. But what is more important in this world where, where transgenderism is like the new thing that's trying to push in every crevice of our culture? Are we preparing our kids for this world? If we want to prepare our kids for this world, we have to have a grand vision that says that's worth attaining, and we're going to go after that. So if I were a pastor, I would be cultivating a community that's highly relational where kids are known, loved, seen, and cared for, and they're being discipled. That that will transform your church long term.
0: You're going to have a radio row, or you're going to have media access? Because, you know, uh, yes. I want to come. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you. We'd love to have you. We would love talk, to have you.
0: I know. I'll talk with you um, offline because I just live across town, so it's not hard okay. for me to get there. Um, all right, so exciting. You guys know I love resilient. You know I love the approach. Um, Awana has this wonderful thing called talk about. I want you to consider um, the talk about series. I want you to also consider. The Child Discipleship Forum. If you can't attend in person, you can attend online. It's September 22nd and 23rd. If you're concerned um, about the next generation, which I know you are, and if you want to learn um, the latest research findings between Barna and Awana about our kids and the status of discipleship in America, this is an opportunity for you not only to learn about that, but to interact with people who are working on the front lines of next-generational discipleship. So check it all out, awana.org. Matt, as always, thanks for joining us on Mornings with Carmen. Good to be with you. Likewise. We'll be right back. Is it possible that hurricane season is here? (sighs) Oh, All right. Apparently hurricane season has arrived. Hurricane Agatha made landfall in southwest in Mexico. Category two hurricane arrived on Monday. Um, All right. So according to the National Weather Service, Agatha is the strongest storm to ever make landfall along the Pacific coast of Mexico in the month of May. So she just made it because today's the last month of May. Um, But I am reminded that when hurricane season arrives, there are lots of folks um, who are in the path of something that is just so outside of human control. It's their extraordinary events um, and they tend to affect huge swaths of the United States of America. And so let's take a deep deep breath as uh, hurricane season arrives, and let's remember that all creation is groaning with eager longing for man's redemption. What does that mean when Paul says it? All creation groans with eager longing for man's redemption. What does it mean to consider that storms are going to come of all kinds, of all varieties? What does it mean for us as the people of God to talk about redemptive reality? What does it mean for us to point to what the Bible says reveals it's going to be like in the new heaven and the new earth. Will there be hurricanes? No. Tornadoes? No. Derecho? No. Uh blizzards? No. All creation groans with eager longing for man's redemption. It's hard for us to imagine what heaven is going to be like, but storms will cease. Peace will reign. It will be light. There will be, Revelation says, no need for the sun, S U N, because the glory of God is going to illuminate everything. Consider that for just a moment. The light who shines in the darkness is not going to be overcome. The light that God ignited at the very beginning of creation, when God says, let there be light, just consider for a moment that there There was no context for such a thing. There was no reality outside of God. And so light shines from the inside of who God is. It's the overflow of his own nature. And where God is, there is no darkness. So let's be the people who are with God today. Because in him there is no darkness. And I don't know about you, but I need to be with the one who is the light. I need for him to be filling me in order that I can... Shine into the perverse generation of which we are a part. Let your light shine today. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at myfaithradio.com.